Welcome into the latest edition of the Sacramento Kings podcast presented by Hoopball and the Hoopball Podcast Network. I am your host, Damian Barling. I thank you so much for being here, uh, as many of you always are. If you're new to the program, welcome in. We try to break down Kings games uh, after each and every single game, give or take a few. Try to give you advance notice when we're going to miss a game. But uh, we're here tonight. Kings lose. 97 to 91 to the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, go one and three here on this East Coast road trip. They'll be headed back to the Golden One Center later on this week. And Aaron Bruski and the rest of the gang at the Hoopball Podcast Network, they pay me the big bucks to break down the Sacramento Kings games. So here you go. The Kings couldn't hit shots tonight. The end. Thank you for tuning in and have a great holiday. Now, there is a twinge of sarcasm there in my voice, but I'm being genuinely serious. The Kings did a lot of things right here in this basketball game. I thought they played really good defense. There was a point where now and and, and we'll, you know, we'll get to this. Uh, we'll, we'll break this down a little bit more thoroughly, but th- there was a point, particularly in the second quarter, excuse me, particularly in the third quarter, in the second half, it, you could tell that the Kings were tired and we have the numbers to back up uh, their fatigue. Uh, there were some things that I was concerned about heading into this game, and it really looked like in the first half, well, they alleviated those concerns. Like, right out of the gate, they were able to do that. But uh, I, I don't know if the road trip took its toll on them. I don't know if just the Philadelphia 76ers took the toll on them. And quite honestly, Philadelphia didn't play all that great either. But I thought the Kings did enough, particularly defensively, to win the game tonight. Uh, but going back to you know my original sarcasm, they just couldn't hit a shot. They could not score the basketball, and that's what this all boils down to. That's what this entire game boils down to. Uh, their field goal percentage was 41.1. That's not awful, but it's worth noting that that percentage skyrocketed in the final minutes of the fourth quarter. They were lingering for most of the game around 36%. They used their defense uh, in the second quarter in the final minutes of the second quarter, to get themselves really back in, into the game, it looked like this could look like this game could take a turn for the worse here uh, about midway through the second. Uh, but the Kings used a couple of defensive possessions, a couple of transition baskets, suddenly an 11-point lead. You know, it was down to seven, it was down to five, it was down to three. The Kings, for the briefest of moments, uh, took a one-point lead uh, before the Philadelphia 76ers went into halftime with a one-point lead thanks to a shot that fell there uh, right before the halftime buzzer. But the story of the game is just that simple. The Kings could not hit shots. And, you know, specifically, you, you'll see a lot of times, you see this more, you see this a little bit more with players. Uh, I mean, it's a, <laughs> it's a trademark of James Harden and, and, and Russell Westbrook. Not so much this year, uh, but he's been really good at it in years past. When the shot's not falling for them, they get to the foul line. The Kings shot nine free throws. Nine. They shot nine free throws. And worse than that, they were four of nine. <laughs> like, like they, they took very few free throws. And when they did, they didn't make them. Uh, to, you know, contrast and compare here, the Philadelphia 76ers, they were 20 of 24 from the foul line. So let's look at this game uh, and break down a couple of things. Of course, uh, we'll have sound from the head coach, Luke Walton, here. As the show progresses, we'll have that coming up for you. Again, just want to mention uh, the Kings lose, as you're well aware of, 97 to 91. Uh, finish this road trip uh, one and three. And 
you know, again, I, I thought they did enough. I thought they did enough tonight to where they, they, they could have taken over the game. They, they could have won tonight's game. Shots don't fall. Obviously, we know how great the game uh, against Boston was. They got the win uh, against Washington, and then they got blown out uh, by Brooklyn. You know, we, we, we don't take moral victories anymore. We're, we're past that. This, this wasn't a terrible road trip in the sense of the way that they played, but it is a terrible road trip when you come back one and three. You can't, you can't sugarcoat this. There, there's, there's not really any way around that. You could be happy with how the team played, but it didn't amount to wins. And I have some other concerns uh, about that as well, which I'll get to here at the end of this podcast, of, assuming, of course, I don't forget. So I'll make a little note here myself, as many of you have listened to me for a long time. You know, I tend to forget stuff all the time. If you ever want to shoot us a message, man, please do. 916-888-5898. That's our 24-7 text line. If you're new to the program, please rate us, uh, particularly there on Apple Podcasts. If you think we're worth the five stars, we'd greatly appreciate it. If we're only worth four, hell, let us know what we got to do to get better. Uh, and if you would be so kind, if you have an extra uh, 60 to 90 seconds over this holiday weekend, uh, leave us a little one or two sentence review there over on Apple Podcasts. So, story of the game, Kings can't score. The bench did a good job, though, because the first half is a little bit different than the second half. The story of the first half is, again, shots aren't falling. This isn't a high-scoring game. As a matter of fact, as much, you know, the Kings lost against Boston, and I couldn't have been, I was actually concerned. I'm a little bit too hyped for this podcast. Like, I, I was a little bit too excited because, first and foremost, I'm a basketball fan. Now, I love watching basketball, and that was a fun, high-energy game with a ton of storylines to it. And this, nah, not so much. This this wasn't a uh, an exciting basketball game, and but when when you when you break it down and you go back to the first half, you look particularly there at the second quarter. It, it was it was the Kings bench that got them you know within striking distance more than striking distance. It was the Kings bench that got them that. You know, if you blink, you missed it. But the Kings did have a one point lead for the briefest of moments, which is impressive because they were down by eleven. They had an opportunity uh, to take the lead. Now, to take a one-point lead into halftime, as I mentioned, though, unfortunately uh, uh, for the Kings, the shot fell uh, there for the Philadelphia 76ers as they're headed into the locker room. But the story of the first half is the Kings bench outscored the 76ers bench 22-2. to two. Uh, They forced 10, 10 turnovers, 15 points off of those turnovers. They had a 12-0 run that erased a 10-point lead. Uh, and, you know, overall, you know, the bench was really doing some some good things for them. And there's a point in the second quarter where it's like, okay, this game is this game is really slugging along here. And I'm not quite sure who that favors. That that's you know, that's what I'm thinking at halftime. Like, I'm not sure, you know, who the thing it was like 47, 47 to uh 46. This was a score at halftime. Like, I I don't know who that favors. I don't know if that favors the Kings, or I don't know if Philadelphia is like, hell, let's play like this. We're, we're fine this way. I had noted, and uh, in, in, in we'll get to this, so I'm going to talk about points in the paint here in just a minute, but before we do, here's Luke Walton. Not, uh, we did not play well enough to, to come in and, and win a road game. Uh, I thought we started the game uh, a little soft, a little tentative, and then I thought our bench did a really nice job of finding that heart and passion that we play with. Um, and then we, you know, you want we got to knock down shots when we get them. We had, we had a lot of open looks tonight that we didn't uh, we didn't knock down. But um, I, I do think the group did a nice job fighting back. But 
you know, it's one of those things we got to continue to really lock in on, on doing the little things better. And uh, tonight, the, you know, the, the little things I thought cost us, uh, at least get, cost us a, a, a chance of, you know, trying to win that game. How much pressure does it put on your defense when you find yourself kind of in a penalty with like seven minutes left in a quarter and slows the game down? Yeah, it's it, we talk about it all the time. Fouls are one of our top priorities, and we did a good job in the first half. I mean, probably the best job we've done all, all season as far as not playing solid defense without fouling, take away that first six minutes. Uh, um, and then we came out at halftime, and for some reason, just we were fouling. We need to put our bodies on people, show our arms. We work on it every day. We show film on it. Perfect example as a rookie uh, on how to fight over. Yogi did a nice job of it, but uh, you know we can't we can't come out and just start start fouling, especially a big team like that. I mean, at that point, then it's a physical game, and every time you accidentally bump somebody, it's it's two free free throws. So we got we got to be better with that. What did you like out of that group that you finished the game with? They were um, playing as a unit. Uh, every time the shot went up, you saw all five guys in there. You saw, uh, we call it sandwich rebounding, but guards coming back in to help, uh, jumping up over. Um, and then once we had the rebound, we got out and run, run, you know, ran, which is um, something we talk about a, a lot, but especially against this team. It's a big team. If you let them get set in the half court, there's not going to be a ton of space out there. So uh, they did a nice job of competing defensively, playing as, you know, as a unit, helping, rotating, and then all five guys getting the rebound and pushing it. Encouraging, how encouraging was it for you guys to at least make it back, that comeback in that fourth quarter when you're down 17? Yeah. Back to them, last game on the trip. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it, that's, you know, our, our guys have shown that, that they have that now, which is great because at the beginning of the season, we, we didn't have that ability. So, but we have that now. So it's time to continue to push and get, you know, past that where it's not just about fighting and not giving in, uh, but it's about going into arenas and, and, and taking games. So, it, and listen, I get it. It takes time. It's not easy. It's a new group. Uh, we got not a lot of players hurt. We got a lot of different lineups going together. You know, Belly picked up his fifth foul. We had, you know, a group in there that never played together before. So I, I do respect that about us, but I also know that we have that. That's part of us. So let's continue to push it and not have to keep fighting to get back into a game. So the biggest challenge trying to find that cohesiveness, that consistency, is the biggest challenge right now with this team. Um, th th that's one, you know, that's one of them. But there's, a, you know, there's always challenges with, a, you know, you got a, a, a group that you're trying to, um, you know, you're trying to patiently build into a winning, uh, you know, a winning team. And you, you could look at Philly. It's a great organization, right? It took them f however many years it was. But now they, you know, they, they know each other. They, they know uh, how to find, where to find each other. They've been in the playoffs. They've been tested. So, uh, you know, we're earlier in those stages. Uh, but, it, you know, it takes time, and there's lots of different things. We're constantly trying to grow with our group. We were able to get Dwayne some extended minutes tonight. He hasn't had that a lot lately. What did you like about what he was giving you tonight? He was great. Um, you know, I'll go back and watch the film. But I, I, I thought he was... He was uh, leading out there. He was talking defensively, calling out coverages. Um, we're getting into the rim, finishing when appropriate, kicking out when appropriate. I thought his all-around game on both ends tonight was really, uh, really big for us. He's still got to talk about his defense. Luke Walton right there. Lots to digest uh, from the coach. I was looking at a couple of things uh, as he was talking. Uh, the Kings hit 
uh, nine three-pointers tonight. They were nine of 34. And the only reason that's of note is because Buddy Heald hit 11 by himself the other night. And, and, and that's what, you know, that's what we're really talking about when the shot's not falling. They shot 26% uh, from three. Uh, luckily for them, the Philadelphia 76er says, I got you, play. Don't worry about that. They shot 19%. Now from the field, but as we, you know, as we talked about to start the program, the Kings did. They did a lot of things right away from the offensive end. Like they didn't turn the ball over a lot. As a matter of fact, they won the turnover differential, eleven to seventeen. And as as, as we were about to talk about right there before Luke Walton uh, went into his press conference, we addressed, and I think it was here on the Sacramento Kings podcast. If it wasn't, forgive me. It was on the the daily podcast that I host, the podcast with Damian Barling where we, we were talking after the, the Boston Celtics game, the thing that I was concerned about is, you know, they did a good job against Washington of uh, attacking the paint. They did a good job against Boston attacking the paint in the first half uh, before, you know, that shot really started falling for Buddy Heald and later in the fourth quarter for Bogdan Bogdanovich, and they started sticking with the outside shot. And I'm not against, I mean, it was working. Why deviate from what was working? My concern tonight was that they weren't going to be able to match the size of the Philadelphia 76ers. And man, oh man, they very much did for a minute. King scored uh, 26. Uh, they scored 24 points in the paint in the first half. So quarters one, quarter two, first half, 24 points in the paint. Philadelphia 76ers, 24 points in the paint. It's like, hey, okay, Sacktown, I see you. It's a good look. They, they, they made, you know, life... Difficult there at the uh, uh, first first half for, for, for Joel Embiid. It, it didn't remain difficult for very long, though, as he finished with uh, 33 points. But I point that out because at the end of the third quarter, at the end of the third quarter, remember, 24 points in the paint in the first half. At the end of the third quarter, they had 26. And that's where you really saw, oh, boy, the Kings are tired. Like, you could see it, and you could see it in the way that they were not attacking the basket you could see in the way that they were settling for jump shots you, you you could see that things just weren't flowing offensively for them now in the fourth quarter they got back when they got back in the game they were getting back to attempting to score in the paint as i mentioned at the first half 24 end of the third quarter 26 they wound up outscoring the philadelphia 76ers in the paint 40 to 38 and that's because they the, the way that they played there in the third quarter, or excuse me, the fourth quarter, the, the, the biggest problem in the fourth quarter was a lot of those baskets came at the beginning. They had, I, th- I think they had a 10-0 run there at one point in, in, in the fourth quarter. might have even been a, a, a 12-0 run here. Um, that seven, it was a 10-0 run. That 17-point lead that the, the 76ers had built up had been you know cut all the way down to seven with about five minutes to go. And that wasn't hot three-point shooting that got them back in it. Not at all. That was that was very much them getting back to let's work the ball in the middle. Let's just try to get some easy baskets. Unfortunately, after they cut the lead down to seven, they had about five. It, 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 I think it was five straight defensive possessions where they got a stop. And they didn't score until the fifth one. So they went four straight defensive possessions. They got a stop on the offensive end. They couldn't get a score. They couldn't get anything out of it. We're starting to see Justin James plays a lot, play a lot more. Here he is talking with Katie Hunter after the game. It's high. Well, whether if I don't play one minute or I play the whole game, um, 
you know, just cold, coach called my number, you know, and I was just came in and tried to focus on the defensive end and make sure, I, you know, I impact the game on defense. And being in there kind of down the stretch of a game that you guys are down trailing and he did say that defense was what he saw in that group. What does that do for you just in terms of saying, hey, it's very clear kind of what he what he needs and what I can do to be on the floor? Of course. I mean, everybody wants somebody who can defend, um, you know, just being a versatile player, you know, being able to do multiple things on the floor. Um, it gives you opportunity to be on the floor. Um, but, you know, tonight wasn't about me. It was about our team and us not coming out the right way and coming out with a win. Can you talk a little bit about the challenges of, of that Philly presents in terms of how big they are and, and what they do defensively, you know, force you to do? I mean, they're, they're definitely a great team. Um, you know, the, like how you said, they have a lot of size and they affect a lot of shots around the rim. Um, but, you know, all credit to them. You know, they did their job and they came out with a win. Justin James there, who we saw a lot here on this four-game road trip, talking uh, with Katie Hunter on NBC sports net uh kings lose tonight 97 to 91 again they are back uh, at the golden one center uh following the holiday uh doesn't doesn't get too much easier uh for the crew here as they've got the uh, denver nuggets coming up on saturday night and then on monday they'll take on the chicago bulls so you're always you got to be careful when you talk about teams out there because just Strange things can happen. Uh, Chicago's not necessarily the best team. Uh, the Sacramento Kings played the Denver Nuggets really, really well uh, the last time they got at it. I think that's an early afternoon game also. So we'll have coverage of both of those games for you. Normally we don't do Saturday night shows, uh, but because this game is at 2 p.m., uh, we'll have full coverage of that one for you uh, late Saturday afternoon. So I hope you're able to tune in just as I appreciate you tuning in. Uh, here, I'm just going to go through my notes, make sure. Oh, aha, I'm glad I wrote this down. I was talking about concerns for the Sacramento Kings. And one thing that I'm concerned about, and you you, you, you heard Luke Walton there say, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to figure out this group and we're trying to, you know, get them, you know, playing as a cohesive unit. And perhaps that led to, you know, the lackluster start to the game, particularly on the defensive end. And, and they straighten that up there in the, in, in the second half. You, you can't really, I don't know that you can really fault chemistry for shots not falling in. They got a lot of good looks. They just didn't go down. Bogey had some great looks there, uh, even as late as the fourth quarter, and they just didn't fall for them. But one thing that I'm worried about is I think we're, you know, we're, we're approaching, barring, you know, a setback, I think we're approaching the return of Marvin Bagley. Right, so you got Marvin Bagley coming back, and you're going to try to integrate him here in, 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 into the team, into the system, and playing with guys like Yogi Ferrell and Justin James, who you just heard from there a minute ago, and, of course, Corey Joseph. And I don't know how long you're going to have him before De'Aaron Fox comes back. It's like, okay, now we're going to throw De'Aaron Fox into this. And now for the first time, you know, since the game against Phoenix, we're going to have De'Aaron Fox and Marvin Bagley. And it's almost like... You know, I don't want to say the Kings are going to have to start over, but they're kind of going to have to start over. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. But, you know, they, 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 they started the season ever so briefly with Marvin Bagley. He was out the second game, so they've played virtually the entire year without him. Then they lost to Aaron Fox, you know, a couple of games later. And, and we've seen the Kings play pretty well, you know, o, o, over that, that time frame. And... I just wonder, like, what's it? What what is it going to be like when 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 these guys get healthy? And would it be worth? And I don't know the you know the 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 time difference. Like, if 
you know, if Bagley is ready, let, let's hi, hypothetically let's say Bagley's ready by, you know, Monday against the Chicago Bulls. And hypothetically, De'Aaron Fox is ready, let's say, next Sunday when they take on the Dallas Mavericks. Is it worth having Bagley miss a couple of more games? So him and De'Aaron Fox are starting, you know, they're back at it together. I mean, I don't think so. I'm just concerned about it's like a it's like a wave of starting the season. It's like, okay, we started it with Marvin, and now we're going to remove Marvin. We're going to play without Marvin. Now we're going to play without De'Aaron, and we're going to get this group going, and we're going to allow them to play some good basketball. We're talking about Buddy Heald having career nights. Corey Joseph seeing a lot of minutes. We're seeing Yogi Ferrell. I think he had a career, couple of career nights in there uh, on the assist end, maybe on the points end earlier in the season. We're starting to get Justin James a little bit of run. Rashawn Holmes is still doing his thing. Oh, here's Marvin Bagley back. Okay, let's see if we can work Marvin Bagley in here. Okay, now Marvin Bagley's back. What are we going to do with De'Aaron? Fox who's or excuse me what are we going to do with uh Dwayne Dedman here what are we going to do with Harry Giles who's going to be the odd man out of the big man rotation we seem to still really love Nemanja Bielitsa he's hit some pretty big points not the best on defense but he's hit some pretty big shots for us has scored when we needed him to score oh look at that our point guard is back now De'Aaron is in here De'Aaron might be our best defender when he's 100% engaged he's the guy who pushes the tempo on the offensive end are we really Worried about pushing the tempo on the offensive end? These are all questions that the Sacramento Kings front office and coaching staff has got to ask themselves over the next couple of weeks. And it's 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 such a difficult position. Like this, to me, is one of the most... Obviously, we, we look at playing without as the most difficult part of an injury. Playing without De'Aaron Fox. Playing without Marvin Bagley. I think there's something to be said for in-season injuries, particularly early in-season injuries with a young team like this where it's like, oh, man, this is brutal. This is brutal because now we're starting another, like we're starting, like, over again. And some would argue that the Kings started their training camp, then headed off to India, hit the pause button on training camp, played, uh, played in India, played the Pacers a couple of times, came back, restarted, their training camp started playing preseason games, got going a little bit here. The season starts. Phoenix Suns, Bagley gets hurt. Okay, we're going to have to make some changes. De'Aaron gets hurt. And now you've played, you know, a, a, a small chunk of the season without either one of those guys. And now you got to start to prepare for the, the, the return. That, to me, is one of the most difficult parts. It, it, to me, I think that is the absolute most difficult part of a player's injury. You know, the, you know not the, you know, the year-long injuries or anything like that. But when you're missing... Four to six weeks, you really haven't had a chance for some of these guys to really play meaningful minutes together. I mean, hell, some of these Justin James is probably you know in a in a game hasn't even been on the floor with with Marvin Bagley or De'Aaron Fox. Shoot, I don't even know if Yogi Ferrell has. At least not this season. So I, there's a lot to watch, and it's going to be under a microscope because we look at like oh the Kings played a little bit, played a little bit better, you know, defensively, and I still think you know. It, as much as this road trip sucks, as much as it sucks, you know, that, that they just a couple of nights ago, they had a chance to, uh, you know, to move within, you know, they, they, they had a chance to be 500 against the the Boston Celtics. You know, now they're sitting at seven and 10. Like, ah, damn, you know, they, we're not that far off where they were when they were five games under 500, you know, when they were 0 and 5. So it, it's, it's, it's going to be a difficult few weeks uh, for the Sacramento Kings, you know, with guys coming back from injuries. And, of course, uh, as I mentioned, they got the Denver Nuggets coming up 
on Saturday afternoon, and we'll have coverage for you immediately following that game at the Golden One Center. Appreciate you so much uh, for being here, as always. Uh, again, if you're not a subscriber, please become one. I hope you dig what you're listening to. We try to drop a podcast uh, after every single game. There are a handful of exceptions, uh, but I try to let you know in advance anytime that that happens. You want to connect with the show? You absolutely can. 916-888-5898. That's the number. That's our 24-7 text line. 916-888-5898. Hope each and every single one of you has a safe and fantastic holiday and hope to see you back here Saturday afternoon following the Kings and the Nuggets. Once again, the Kings lose tonight to the Philadelphia 76ers. 97 to 91. Kings fall to 7 and 10. Finish up this four-game road trip 1 and 3. We will see you back here Saturday afternoon.